Matthew chapter 4, and we'll read uh, verses 1 through 11. Hear God's Word. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting forty days and forty nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple. And he said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you. And on the other hand, uh, on their hands, they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, Again, it is written, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, All these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, Be gone, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and were ministering to him. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word, and uh, thank you for uh, this little uh, piece of narrative, this story uh, given to us about Jesus Christ. And we thank you, Father, that uh, this little story, this little snippet in uh, the Gospel of Matthew uh, shows us a beautiful facet of the gospel. The good news concerning Jesus Christ and what he's done for the likes of us. And so we pray that as we have opportunity to look into this passage of Scripture this evening and see our Lord's covenant love for you and for us, that you'd be pleased to bless us with a uh, better understanding, a deeper understanding of uh, the beauty of the gospel and the work of Jesus Christ the Lord. For we pray in his good name. Amen. The gospel is uh, a beautiful gem. And and when you uh, look at a uh, well-cut diamond and uh, the light uh, sparkles off the diamond, it's all those faces on the diamond, all the facets uh, 
of the diamond that uh, reflect the light and uh, it sparkles. It's beautiful. Uh, the gospel is like this. And uh, when we ply the pages of uh, the gospel records in the New Testament, we uh, see various facets of the good news of Jesus Christ and what He's done. In Matthew chapter 4, uh, we come to a, a quite significant piece of the work of Jesus Christ. And one of the traditional uh, ways this uh, text is interpreted is simply this. Well, if you uh, encounter the devil and you want to seriously combat the devil, we'll quote Scripture. And uh, to do this, of course, you need to memorize Scripture. So uh, learn how to memorize Scripture and quote Scripture so you can uh, combat the devil. Well, uh, the text may uh, give us uh, this kind of an application, but the text uh, teaches far more uh, than this. The text lays before you and me Christ's covenant-keeping love for His Father and Christ's covenant-keeping love for you and for me. And uh, the big lesson then becomes that uh, you and I must trust the keep covenant-keeping love of Jesus Christ, which is displayed in this text. Well, how do we get there? Uh, verses 1 and 2 uh, lay the groundwork for us. Uh, Matthew chapter 4 and verses 1 and 2. Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And afterward, and after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. He was in the wilderness 40 days and 40 nights. And the 40 days and 40 nights uh, recalls to our memory uh, the fact that Moses was on the mountain at Sinai 40 days and 40 nights, the same period of time. And Moses, of course, was the leader of God's people. And uh, after uh, the people were brought uh, out of Egypt by uh, a strong arm and a mighty hand, uh, they came to Sinai. And they were brought into the wilderness and were reminded of uh, the fact that the people of God were in the wilderness for 40 years. There, there it is again, the 40. The 40 years. And why were they in the wilderness? Well, this may be a little bit of a review, uh, but uh, uh, keep your finger there in Matthew 4 and turn back to uh, Deuteronomy chapter 8. Deuteronomy chapter 8. Your Bible probably opens up automatically to Deuteronomy now. 
Deuteronomy chapter 8. Listen to the first couple of verses. The whole commandment that I command you today, you shall be careful to do that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land that the Lord swore to give to your fathers. And you shall remember the whole way that the Lord your God has led you these 40 years in the wilderness, that he might humble you, testing you to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandment or not. The whole idea of being brought into the wilderness was to be tested. This was a time of testing, uh, that the people might learn what was in their hearts. God already knew what was in their hearts. He didn't have to find out, but He wanted the people to understand what was in their hearts. He wanted the people to reveal what was in their hearts by their conduct and by their life before Him. And when you go back to Matthew chapter 4, you see here's the wilderness again. And uh, the 40 days and 40 nights. Why was Jesus there in the wilderness? Jesus knew that He was in the wilderness to be tested. That this was a time of testing for Him. And it was to be a significant time of testing for Him. And He no, no doubt remembered uh, Deuteronomy chapter 8, and especially verse 2, which we've just read, that speaks about uh, the testing that went on in the wilderness to show the content of the heart of those who were being tested. And now Jesus Christ was in the wilderness to be tested to show the content of His heart. And then uh, we have the other aspect of remembrance in these first couple of verses. Now, then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. To be tempted by the devil. And of course, uh, this calls to remembrance Adam in the garden being tempted by the devil. And Adam and Eve were told by God, of every tree of the garden you may eat freely, of all the lush vegetation that bears fruit in the garden. We have no conception of the beauty and the wonder of the garden and how lush uh, that garden must have been. And of every tree that's in the garden you may eat freely, God said to Adam and Eve, except one. Of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat from it you shall surely die. And Eve, tempted by the devil, there we are, tempted by the devil, took the fruit and ate from it and gave to her husband and he ate from it. And as a result of the sin of Adam, because Adam acted as a public figure and represented all of his posterity, as the catechism puts it, represented all of us, 
we sinned in Him and fell with Him, and the penalty of death has come upon us all. And for this reason, death is in the world. This is the reality of it. And now Jesus Christ comes into the wilderness led by the Spirit. See, this, this is very significant, isn't it? Led by the Spirit. He's brought into the wilderness. And as He's brought into the wilderness, Jesus Christ realizes, as the Apostle Paul teaches us in Romans and in 1 Corinthians, Jesus Christ realizes that He is the second Adam, that He is the second man, that He is a representative of all of His people, and that His Father sent Him into the world for the purpose of representing all of His people. And Jesus Christ is just beginning His ministry at this point. And if you look back at uh, verses, uh, let's see, uh, verses uh, 16 and 17 in chapter 3, you note, when Jesus was baptized, immediately He went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened, to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. And the Spirit of God came upon him. And uh, Jesus in the synagogue later notes, uh, by quoting Isaiah 61, uh, that he had been uh, anointed, that the Spirit had come upon him in order to anoint Him to preach the good news to the captives and to bring sight to the blind. Uh, Jesus, anointed by the Spirit to carry out His ministry as the great prophet of God foretold of old. And now, led into the wilderness by the Spirit, full of the Spirit, to be tested and to be tempted by the devil and be a representative of His people to represent you and me. This is what Jesus Christ was about. And the devil coming to Him, Jesus begins to display the content of his heart. Verse 3, And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become bread. But he answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Hungry are you, Jesus? Gnawing hunger in your belly, not having eaten for 40 days and 40 nights. Uh, the Bible doesn't tell us uh, that this was a water fast. Uh, where an individual doesn't eat but uh, drinks water. The Bible doesn't tell us that it was even a water fast. Uh, 
hungry. Look at those stones. Turn them into bread. Why, you can even begin to smell the savor of the bread uh, like it was just coming from the oven to satisfy your hunger. No, devil. No. And Jesus quotes Deuteronomy chapter 8. Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 3. Uh, keep your finger there in Matthew and look back at Deuteronomy again. Uh, remember, verse 2 speaks about the reason for being in the wilderness. To be tested. To see what was in your heart. Whether you would keep His commandments or not. And verse 3 goes on. He humbled you and let you, uh, and let you hunger and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that He might make you know that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Deuteronomy. The second iteration, the second statement of the law, the second statement of the covenant as the people of God are at the verge of Jordan prepared to go into the promised land. And as our pastor has uh, instructed us, uh, Moses, uh, giving the Word of God to the people as to how they are to live before their God. And the peace of that covenant you shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And in essence, Jesus is saying, Devil, I'll not heed your word. I love my Father, and I will keep covenant with my Father. The covenant says, I am to live by every word that proceeds from His mouth. And I take that covenant seriously. And I will live by that covenant. I will show the Father that I love Him by following His Word. Back to Matthew 4. The devil now strikes back with Scripture. The devil quotes Scripture. Verse 5, Then the devil took him to the holy mountain and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down. Now whether... Uh, this was by way of a vision or whether uh, uh, in some way uh, Jesus was transported to Jerusalem and uh, uh, to the pinnacle of the temple. Uh, we are not told. Uh, but uh, this is, it seems, what took place. Uh, the devil uh, says to him, throw yourself down. And those words again, for it is written. 
And the devil quotes from Psalm 91. He will command his angels concerning you. And on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. And the devil says, look, jump! God will catch you. God will take care of you. He won't allow you to stub and bloody your precious toes. What is the answer again? Verse 7, Jesus said to him, again, it is written, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Another quote from Deuteronomy. Another quotation from the covenant. This time from chapter 6. And what is it? Chapter 6 and verse 16. Deuteronomy 6 and verse 16. You shall not put the Lord your God to the test as you tested Him at Massa. Of course, Jesus knew these Scriptures. And He didn't quote the end of what we have as verse 16, as you tested Him at Massa. Uh, the circumstance at Massa was this. Uh, Moses records it in uh, Exodus chapter 17. The people have been brought out of Egypt and delivered by God. They come into the wilderness after having experienced this wonderful deliverance and they begin to grumble and complain. They're thirsty. And they have a question. Is God really with us? Is God really with us? You wonder how they could ask such a question when the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night is right there. And yet they ask the question, is God really with us? And of course, God... It tells Moses, take the rod and strike the rock and water will come out of the rock. You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. That's part of the covenant. And going back to Matthew chapter 4, Jesus is in essence saying, devil... I will not put my Father to the test this way. I know my Father is with me. I know my Father is with me. I know my Father loves me. And I love my Father. And I will not, devil, compromise His Word. Oh, Oh, 
Here's a cute little thing. Listen to how the devil quotes the scriptures. Psalm 91. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. On their hand they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against the stone. And the devil stops there and doesn't quote verse 13 in Psalm 91, which says, You will tread on the lion and the adder, the young lion and the serpent you will trample underfoot. The devil ignored that part of the text. It's too bad that sometimes we ignore pieces of the Bible too and, and uh, uh, quote uh, from Scripture, not taking all of the context uh, as we should. But you see, Jesus knows the context. He knows He's being tested. And... He will push through the temptation. Verse 8. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory and said to him, All these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Jesus knew. Jesus knew that his Father had already promised him kingdoms and nations and peoples. He knew by the promise of his Father, when his Father commissioned him to enter into this world and to become a man and to become obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Jesus knew that if he accomplished his mission and was faithful to his Father and bore the sins of his people and lived for his people, that his Father would give those people to Him as a gift. Jesus knew that. And so, uh, Jesus says, Be gone, Satan. Out of here, evil one! For you shall worship the Lord your God, and Him only shall you serve. Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 13. Deuteronomy again. Look at something else that's happening here in Deuteronomy. It's verse 13 uh, to which Jesus refers, and it's, it's a, at least an allusion to verse 13. It is the Lord your God you shall fear. Him you shall serve, and by His name you shall swear. 
And Jesus says, I will be faithful to my Father. And I will keep covenant with my Father. Do you detect what's happening with these quotations from Deuteronomy? Deuteronomy 8, 3. Deuteronomy 6, 16. Deuteronomy 6, 13. Coming ever closer to the good words in Deuteronomy 6, 4, and 5. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. The heart of the covenant. And Jesus says, Devil, out of here. I love my Father with all my heart and with all my soul and with all my might. And I will keep loving covenant faithfulness with Him I will do so. And Jesus Christ realizes that He's not only doing this for His Father, but He's doing it for you and for me. Back to Matthew 4. And the irony in verse 11. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and were ministering to him. The irony. The devil said, you fall down and worship me, you jump off of the the pinnacle of the temple. And guess what? The ministry of the angels will be yours. And the devils, or, the, or Jesus said, no, no, that, that's not how it works, devil. It works this way. I live for my Father. I live by the words that proceed from His mouth. And I will carry out His covenant. And when he does so, when he obeys his Father, the ministry of the angels are his. And all of this, friends, is for you and for me. This is one of the beautiful pieces of the Gospel. One of the beautiful pieces of the work of Christ how He 
enters into temptation and testing and begins his ministry of obedience to the point of death, even on the death of the cross, in keeping covenant with his Father and loving his Father and displaying the content of his heart. You don't fight the devil by quoting Scripture. You fight the devil by living out the Word of God. That's what the devil hates more than anything else is people who live out the Word of God. And you fight the devil by living out His Word. And if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you are committed to living out the Word of God. You are committed to keeping covenant with God. Every time we hear membership vows being recited in the congregation, we're reminded of this fact. But we fail, don't we? We fail and when you and I fail, part of our obligation in keeping covenant with the Father is to flee to Christ. Is to flee to Christ and say, thank you, Lord Jesus Christ. Because where I failed, you have covered my sins with your sacrifice on the cross. And not only so, where I have failed to lovingly keep covenant with you, Jesus Christ lovingly kept covenant with you. And He did that for me. For me. What a wonder it is that this should be the case. How beautiful the Gospel really is. How wonderful the work of Jesus Christ on behalf of sinners, really is. Oh, oh friends, trust. Trust the covenant-keeping love of Jesus Christ your Savior. Trust His covenant-keeping love. Let's pray. Father, good You are in every respect, better 
to us than we deserve. The wonderful gift of Jesus Christ you've been pleased to give to us. Thank you. And as we ponder afresh just the beginning of His ministry and His loving, covenant-keeping on our behalf, we're struck anew by the beauty of His good work for the likes of us. You are better to us than we deserve. Fill our hearts with gratitude for this good work of our Savior Jesus Christ and cause us to go forward in seeking to follow Him and keep covenant with Him, always remembering that He's gone before us. And our reliance in the end is not upon ourselves, but upon Him. Bless us to this end. We do pray in the good and gracious name of Jesus Christ, the only Savior. Amen.